Beastix is back, and it's part two of the Wednesday Wars going on between WWE and AEW. We're dubbing this week Fighter Bash. How you feeling, Fat Mac? Hey, I think Fighter Bash is going to be even better than the Great American Fest. Yes, it can only get better, right? Week it always does. Week in, week out. I mean, uh, the ratings go down each week, but God damn it, it's better. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Keith Lee is your double champion coming with the North American Championship and the NXT Championship. I mean, oh. who would have bet against that? Uh, Fat Mac, maybe, probably, actually. I, I, I would have bet against it, but at the same time, I not only did I expect it, I'm behind it. I think it's a good move. Cole's had it for 400-plus days. I yeah. can't tell you how many days, but 400-plus days, well over a calendar year. Anybody who listens to this podcast knows I love the lengthy title reigns, whether they're uh, half a year, a full year, whatnot. I, Cole solidified himself as he's going to be top five NXT champions 20 years from now, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cole, so, Gargano, Balor. Um, yeah, you might even throw Bo in there. Um, maybe not, but those of you that don't remember Bo from the early years, hey, Bo, Bo Dallas. Was, yeah, he was pretty all right. But for sure, um, you know, it, it was the right move. It it elevates Keith Lee where he deserves to be. I was worried about Keith Lee coming to to WWE at least. NXT, he's doing good. It's, it's interesting to see what's going to happen. Of course, everybody's theorizing since Adam Cole lost, the Undisputed Era is going to get called up. Now there's rumors that some of the Undisputed Era doesn't want to get called up. You can't blame them. Right, yeah. I, I mean, either way, your matches are happening in the Performance Center, right? Yeah. Adam <laughs> Cole, I, I think Adam Cole is one of the few that can rise to the occasion, like the AJ Styles... Um, and them, I think he, I think he'll do okay. The other three, though, I, I, they're gonna get lost in the shuffle. That's WWE yeah. strategy. That's not saying anything negative against them. You know, yeah. not at all. Fish, Roderick, and O'Reilly—they're they're amazing talents on their own. I mean, also NXT could turn the page and like not have anybody go up. Because I could totally see something where all of Undisputed Era attacks Keith Lee and then Cole gets a match for the NXT Championship and uh, uh, one of the other ones, I don't care who, you pick your guy, probably O'Reilly, gets his shot at the North American Championship and then like their consecutive matches or something. So these guys are like just beaten down on Keith Lee over the, the duration of a night or a takeover or something. It'd be, I, I think... I mean, it's 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 weird when you when you vote against people getting called up to the main roster, but I yeah. would love that. Yeah. Because the main roster is a scary place. Not only a scary place right now, before COVID, it was a scary <laughs> place to come up to. You know, ask Bobby Roode, ask Samoa Joe, ask uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, Sami Zayn, Tyler Breeze, Bo Dallas. I just mentioned him. Man, I oh was my so gosh. excited for Bobby Roode when he got to WWE. I was too. I thought he was somebody that. And now we'll never see him again. Everything going for him. Who knows? Who knows what the? Uh, who knows what tomorrow will bring in this world? We right. none of us know. 
it's uh, it's pretty ridiculous. But we all know what yesterday has brought. So, Fat Mac, why don't you snap into this week in pro wrestling history? Well, Pasty, kind of keeping in what's been going on with uh, the current events, we're bringing up something that happened 12 years ago this week when WWE initiated the largest mass talent firing in company history up until this current year, which surpassed it. The press release from WWE.com when the first firings came down stated on July 5th and proceeding through July 10th, those fired included Mark Jindrak, Maven, Shannon Moore, Akio, Gangrel, Billy Kidman, Little Spike Dudley, Kevin Freitag, Jackie Gaeta, Matt Morgan, Don Marie, Joy Giovanni, Hiroko, Kenzo Suzuki, Marty Janetti, Jim Cornette, Ivory, and the Blue Meanie. 18 on-air talents, all released within one week. And then, going to break the rules a little bit here and go into the next week. The very next week, OG referees Earl and Dave Hebner were fired for selling counterfeit WWE merchandise. (laughs) Yeah, y'all think of Earl Hebner as being a heel because of the Montreal Screwjob. How about him bootlegging WWE merchandise to fatten his own pockets? He's way more People forget about that that. shit. Yeah. Yeah. Both Hebners had been with the WWE since the 1980s. For those of you counting at home, that makes 20 releases from WWE within just over, we're cheating a little bit, one week. Pasty, it was a dark time indeed. Yes, indeed. History does tend to repeat itself as we find ourselves in another dark ages, but even still, mass cuts on a yearly basis are kind of getting bigger and bigger as time goes it's kind of been the norm you always know that right after wrestlemania season there's going to be a significant amount of cuts whether that's five or whether that's 15 you always know it's coming and a few always manage to surprise you oh for sure a few that have survived surprise you and a few that are cut (laughs) surprise you on both ends And you're like, I knew this guy was going to be gone. It's like, oh, shit, he made the cut again. (laughs) 30 years on superstars, and the fucker's still going. Well, you got to take out the old to make room for the new, the the beasts, the next upcoming. And I think uh, JRR has got a nice story about that with our good friend and Minnesota statesman, Brock Lesnar. We could have signed Brock after his junior year. Uh, but, you know, Jay felt like, you know, as a favorite of Jay, his old teammate Jerry Briscoe, and, and with my blessing, made a deal that we would not sign him. I never told Vince this story because he didn't want me to go sign him right away. Uh, but I, I never I, – I, we made a commitment that we would not try to steal Brock from them and so he could come back his senior year and try to win the NCAA national championship at the heavyweight division, the marquee division. Marquee weight, and he did. So they signed a contract to not sign a contract. They verbally agreed <laughs> to not sign a contract. 
<laughs> I just love that Jr. went behind Vince's back like that. Like how deep? That's very Jr. like. Like he's just like, we didn't tell Vince because he'd want us to sign him right then. And Jerry Briscoe wanted to do a favor for his boy, so. Big ups to JR. Um, you know, and you never know what would have happened if Brock Lesnar came in a year earlier. It might not have had the impact it had. I mean, Brock Lesnar's story is like a perfect example of just everything working 100%. Yeah. Nothing's gone wrong in the Brock Lesnar story other than that one shooting star press at WrestleMania. That, by the way, he, he did perfectly like 10 times on house shows. And just fucked up at Mania, which is the only one that matters, but still. <laughs> um, good for JR. Good for JR for being a JR and Jerry Briscoe for being stand up guys and just being like, you know what? We'll hold off here. We'll get you your championship. It's the gentleman's approach. Besides, it really like, is. What if Brock came in a year earlier? You know, he, he could have been the biggest failure in the company. That's kind of my point. Yes, yes. But something that won't be a failure is something we don't know much about, Pasty, which um, yeah. is sad but true. It just It's the way that the uh, taping schedule is going between our podcast and their shows. We got New Japan Pro Wrestling Dominion 2020. Oh, it's always a good one. Anybody who's listened to our podcast knows this is one of the biggest events of the year with right some of the greatest. my birthday. Right? And it has some of the greatest matches, some of the biggest surprises, plot twists, storyline continuums. It's a great show. But this year, I don't know if it's due to COVID. I don't know if it's just due to the the days it lands on. I don't know if it has to do with our recording schedule. Um, They have the, the New Japan Cup, which is the precursor to this, airing tomorrow... As we record this, we record this on July 10th, which is a Friday. New Japan Cup is July 11th, which is Saturday. And Dominion 2020 is July 12th, the Sunday. So going into this, we only know three matches. But the three matches themselves, um, the first one's mediocre. The other two are you know they're going to be amazing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a fun time. Uh, yeah, our predictions are a little bit light, but just know that tomorrow there will be more matches on the card. We just want oh, to here to broadcast it for you. Exactly. It's going to be a full card. They just don't want to blow their load. Honestly, they're keeping they're so much of it a secret. I'm excited to see how it shapes up. I'm definitely going to watch. Surprises. I'm going to watch this one. It's going to be a, uh, a no- a no attendee venue, so but I, I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna watch. Japan's usually a quiet crowd, anyway. It's not gonna be that there you, different. Yeah, it doesn't really affect them a whole lot. So starting out, the first match that we know of is the Never Openweight Championship, which sees Shingo Takagi versus Sho. Pasty, uh, where where are you on this one? Uh, I'm gonna go with show. It's kind of up in the air, but I think it's not often you see the name show without yo. And, uh, I'm interested to see what he does on his own and I got to back him up. My thinking is show without yo equals Shingo. And, uh, 
Shingo Takagi is going to take it with this one. Um, to, be, to be fair to everybody out there, I don't think Pasty or my... I know myself definitely hasn't really been... New Japan hasn't been doing anything, and I don't right. know where they left off with storylines. Uh, so we're just shooting in the dark right now. I always shoot in the dark with New people. Japan. I only watch it like two, you know, two or three New Japan shows a year, but I always make sure they're the ones that I'm going to be most impressed with, and, and Dominion never lets down. Right. So next we have the IWGP Tag Team Championships seeing Golden Ace Hiro- uh, Hiroshi Tanihashi and Kota Ibushi Versus Suzuki Goons, Tai Chi, and Zack Sabre Jr. You know, um, this is going to be a fun one. This is going to be a good one, but I don't think either Tai Chi or Sabre Jr. are the level of either Tanahashi or Ibushi. Yeah. I think the other two just one up them. They could pull. They could pull an upset. They could definitely pull an upset. But I'm going with. Uh, I'm going with Golden Ace keeping their titles. Dude, is, are they a newer tag team? They're a newer-ish tag team before the pandemic. Before the pandemic, but since Omega left, I would assume. Cor- well, correct, yes. Yeah, yes, yeah, yes yeah. Correct. It's been a while. Well, after that. The, yeah. the Golden Lovers is gone, and the Golden yeah. Ace is here. You know, Ibushi was the Golden Lovers. Tanahashi was the Ace. Okada took over the Ace. Uh, Omega left. They're both kind of feeling sad, gloomy, and they found each other, and they, oh, they created a beautiful rainbow. What a heartwarming story. You know, and it I'm a is. huge fan of Tai Chi, but ZSJ has never done it for me. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going Golden Axe all the way. That should be their name, by the way. It's a fun game. Yeah, it is. Very fun game. Old school Ooh. Sega Genesis. And then we got the IWGP Heavyweight and Intercontinental Championships. They're both on the line. It's not it's not combining the two. We're not merging them into one belt. It's not a unification match. It's for both of the belts. Tetsuya Naito holds Naito both of the belts. Has these for a year? Uh, he's had these for quite a long time now, especially with the epidemic. I think I feel it was like the... it was Dominion when he picked oh. it up. Wrestle Kingdom is where he picked it up. No, I don't think it was Wrestle Kingdom. Was it Wrestle Kingdom? I, I that would have been in say. January. Well, yeah, this year has seemed like a year in itself already. So, uh, uh, it. well, maybe maybe it was Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, he had he, yeah. Um, we'll say yeah. We don't know what that means. <laughs> so Naito versus uh, either Okada or Evil. The thing is, New Japan Cup is tomorrow, which is uh, July 11th, Saturday, according to us in America. And it depends on who wins that as who's going to take on Naito for both of them. It could be either Okada or Evil. So, Pasty, um, with all of this indiscretion up in the air, indifference and indecision, what do, what, what do you make of any of this? What do you think is going to happen? Uh, well, I'm assuming Naito gets, gets to have the night off tomorrow and doesn't have a match on that card. I could be wrong, but I'm assuming so. I don't know the card for tomorrow, and I, I haven't looked it up. Well, we know for sure Okada and Evil are going to beat the ever-living shit out of each other. Oh, for sure. 
So whoever's going in is going in forty percent. Exactly. Forty percent best. It's uh I hope Naito has a match tomorrow because I am going with evil. I guess evil or Okada, but evil is my pick overall. Uh, I think Okada would be, you know, we didn't we just see that when he got the two belts uh, and now. Yeah. And, and, and even me being a huge Okada, I mean, Okada is my hands down my favorite current wrestler at this moment. Aren't Naito and evil in the same faction too? Correct. That's so badass. I want Evil to face him so much. That's going to be so good. Oh. Yeah, they're that, both... Uh, that could be both... the match of the summer. <laughs> that, oh, it could. It most definitely could. Um, I've, I'm going to go with Naito keeping both of them. I don't think... I don't think he won both of them to lose both of them. I wanna, I I wanna see him, and it's gonna be a dead giveaway, which is sad. But I wanna see him lose one and keep one somewhere down the line. Yeah. But you know, with like you said, with Evil and Naito being Los Ingobernables de Japón, Okada being uh, Chaos. Um, you got a story. I could see it being Naito and Evil with Naito winning, and then maybe that's spawning something off with Evil. I love Evil. I, I'm the hugest fan of Evil. His intro is just amazing. He He's a fun wrestler. He's, you know, he's straight down the line in the ring, I'm going to say, which might be controversial, but that's not a bad thing because his pre- he's like The Undertaker. The Undertaker, when Undertaker started out, his presence was huge. Go back and watch any of his matches. His in-ring work was mediocre. Yeah. You know, at the beginning. Yeah. And I kind of feel that's what evil is. Um, Okada. I- I'm going with Naito. I'm, I'm saying he's keeping <laughs> both of them. Yeah. That's-, that's where that sentence went somehow. Yeah. If that works for you. It works. It works. I- I'm looking forward to seeing some sort of descent in LIJ. So that brings us to the tiebreaker, Pasty. And this week it was a pretty simple tiebreaker. We didn't have to put a lot of thought into this one. <laughs> um, New Japan Cup is happening tomorrow as we're recording this on a Friday. It happens Saturday. Does Okada or Evil face Naito? Pasty, what says you? Well, Evil, obviously. And I say Okada. So if it comes Dude, down to a tiebreaker. I want Naito to come out and help Evil defeat Okada in the tournament. That'd, that'd be Actually, that would be oh. pretty badass. Oh, that would set up bro. some really good shit. <laughs> wow. Get, ooh. Oh, my nipples just got hard. <laughs> I like sick. that. That's so sick. It's good. I love no, it. No, that's perfect. Oh. Uh. I want to see that shit, Pasty. Now I'm going to be disappointed if I don't see that shit. And you might ruin Dominion for me. And then I'm going to hate you. Meltzer gives it five stars and we rate it like a... Like a <laughs> like one and a half. Yeah, it's an F minus. It's an F minus. Fuck we'll it. Fish out another one of those. <laughs> We've done it before. We can do it again, damn it. Wow. Uh, I, I, I'm expect. Actually, I'm not even. Ex- I'm not expecting the best. I'm going to be honest with this. 
I don't know what to expect with the way everything is. Like you've said, Pasty, and we've mentioned in the past, New Japan is less reliant on its audience, but it's still different. It's still different to see what happens with Dominion, which is usually like a, a SummerSlam it's a, or a Royal Rumble. It's kind of your number two. Yeah, yep. Um, not not to call it shit. No. I don't mean that number two. I mean, like, you know, right behind the main event of right. Wrestle Kingdom. you got to have your cornerstone shows of the year, and this just happens to be one of them. I'm excited for this. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch most of it. I might not watch all of it, but... I think I think if, if tomorrow we can get a more complete card on our hands, we should maybe do our predictions off the show for them. So we can do that with the full results. And then these predictions could be worth two points. We can probably see if we can do that. Um, we, we might can post them up on the Facebook or just let it be. I don't think anybody really cares. but We can throw it on Facebook, make it official. We'll just have to get a hold of each other ahead of time and uh, see what happens. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but I am looking forward to it. There's not a lot of pay-per-views I've been looking forward to lately, so... Um, there you go. Yeah, it's kind of tough when there's not a whole arena full of people who are also just as excited to see the show as you. Probably exactly. more so because they paid money to actually be there. <laughs> uh, uh, well, I do think it's time for us to get into the Savage Sentinel. There's never a shortage of news with Pasty and Fat Mac. And we're bringing it to you this week. Right off the top, WWE's COVID-19 problem isn't going away anytime soon as Pro Wrestling Sheet reports that multiple people inside WWE have tested positive in the past week. And this now brings the total to at least 30. That number includes on-screen talent and workers behind the scenes. It's kind of mirroring um, the nation, to be honest. Right. As, as more things are opening up, more cases of COVID are happening. Wrestling's always been a strange mirror into ourselves, you know what I mean? And it just it's, it's the same here, but more so. Oh, 100. 1,000. And somebody who's been affected by COVID-19, Jake the Snake Roberts who has now had to move out of Diamond Dallas Page's, quote, accountability crib. Does that mean Diamond Dallas Page is his accountability buddy? He is his accountability buddy. He was. (laughs) Which he has been living in since 2014, so for six years, as was documented in The Resurrection of Jake the Snake. And if anybody hasn't seen that documentary yet, Holy shit, if you're I don't know why you'd be listening to this if you're not a wrestling fan, watch that. Yes. It is such a beautiful it's beautiful, it's heartbreaking, it's tragic, it's uplifting, Triumphant. it's Yeah, it it's just it's it's everything packed into one. It's so <laughs> much. Um But it, go ahead. It's just as much about Razor Ramon as it is Jake the Snake. Which is kind of yeah, funny because they didn't include his in name there. in the title. <laughs> he, he's in, yeah, he's in there. He's in there in the end, but he's definitely a part of it. Hmm. Um, in April, Jake said he was still living with DDP in Atlanta, but I had to go to a hotel room to self-quarantine due to COVID-19. 
He gave an update on the current living situation on the Wrestling Inc. Daily Podcast, saying, I'm back in the hotel again for the last time. I'm moving to Oklahoma. When I leave Florida on this trip, then I'm going to Oklahoma. I've got a place there now of my own so I can make my own rules. That doesn't so sound this is going to be... Yeah, this is going to be the test for Jake the Snake. Yeah. Now that he's moved away from uh, from Mama Hen's nest, this this is good for him. This is good for him. He might fall back, but if he does fall back, he's going to realize that he's not ready to do this. So Watch I think this, this is around. good for him. Watch this come around in 10, 15 years, that Diamond Dallas page. It's like some kind of Tiger King thing, and he's like Joe Exotic. And he's been like oh making them into his lovers and, and convincing them. So he's just instead been... of feeding them drugs, he's feeding them sobriety and yoga and watching their asses while they do yoga. Oh, pasty. Oh, fat. Sometimes man. I don't, I don't even know what to do with what you said. <laughs> uh, with that said. <laughs> yes. This Wednesday's Fighter Fest edition of AEW Dynamite saw Taz bring back his old FTW championship and present it to Brian Cage. This was the big announcement that AEW president Tony Khan had promised, which he said would send shockwaves through the world of professional wrestling. Well, I didn't hear about it till today. For those wondering, the FTW belt was created, designed, and owned by Taz and was never owned by ECW, which is why it did not transfer over to WWE's ownership. Taz holds the copyright on the actual design of the belt, which allows him to do whatever he wants with it, including swim naked in a bathtub of gravy. Exactly. That's what I do. And merchandise. You know, that that goes hand in hand with the tub of gravy. Oh, well, of course. (laughs) Uh, Cage will be billed as the FTW champion going forward in AEW, and the belt seen on Dynamite is the original belt from ECW. That's badass. That is super cool. Taz has been in possession of that belt for the last 20-plus years. Longest reigning champion in history. Actually, that's still probably not true. No. Uh, plus, he lost. He lost the title. Oh. So you know, he got the belt. He lost the title. Who, who won the title? If that makes sense, I think he merged it with uh, RVD. I want to say too. They merged it with the ECW title in in a oh. unification match. Dude, now RVD needs to go to AEW and be like, "Oh, that's not the whole thing." And he's gonna have his own title, like uh so I got to admit, I mean, I marked out for him bringing the uh, FTW title back. I marked out for Taz being the manager. Uh, I, I definitely marked out for the nostalgia. I don't remember the title. I can't remember what it looks like. I don't feel anything from this article. It's just, yeah, it's it doesn't it's weird... It doesn't shake my world of professional wrestling. No, it's well. First of all, yeah, Tony Khan pulled another, another. Let's let's put this out there. He's been good at pulling a Dixie Carter, yeah. where it's gonna change the landscape of AEW, <laughs> and then it was just the FTW title. Right. Chill out, bro. Come on. 
<laughs> but um, unless FTR takes the FTW title, what's what's the point really, right? What is this? Yeah, what is this? Like you pointed out, we don't need another singles title. We have enough singles title. Yeah, we could use a trios, trios. title. And I'm, I'm stealing that from you. You yeah. you said that. I'm not claiming that. You well, said it, and steal I agree. The next thing from me too. Oh, I steal everything from you. That's how I get over, bro. I'm the Hulk Hogan of this podcast. I just take all of your ideas and then I fucking make them sound better. Right. Well, we works. all know that a women's tag team championship is like a decade out still. That's completely from my own brain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Stole your gimmick, boy! <laughs> but something from many moons ago... That's still in the news. PW Insider's Woo! reporting that Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson jointly filed to trademark for their team name, Rock and Roll Express, noting that its first use was back in January 1984 by them. Yes. Um, trademark news is, is coming around here. I know what kind here. of asshole would go after their trademark. I don't know if anybody has, but they're smart for uh, continuing the trademark. Honestly, I could see the Young Bucks to do it just to get them under their thumb. Like, oh, now you got to do AEW shows a bunch if you want this name. Uh-huh. Right. But I don't think they'd do that either. I don't think they would. <laughs> so Taz owns his trademark. Rock and Roll Express are, uh, are filing for their trademark. There's more trademarks going around, Ooh, Pasty. Yes. Cody Rhodes has attempted to trademark the name Cody Rhodes, but was refused by the United States Patent and Trademark Office due to WWE's filing for the same trademark. WWE's original registration was set to expire on April 13th, then was renewed on May 15th, citing COVID-19 as the reason for the delay. So you won't take COVID seriously in any other thing except for how long it takes you to file a patent. Fun. Pretty much. <laughs> Other than that, it's fake and doesn't exist. No, it's fake as hell. <laughs> Just made up. It's a it's a work, pasty. It's a work. Well, while WWE is lazy in filing their patents, Cody filed for the trademark the day it expired. Cody commented about WWE trademarking the name, saying, "It's not as sultry, scandalous as reported. It's just business." They've seen the same data we have, and they know they can make big money off the brand, even though it's not in their house. Trying to license me is flattering, but it doesn't stop this train from moving. No grudge. That's that's right. We bought the ring round here. (laughs) No grudge. Seven days. I watched It Follows the other day. It was really good. Yeah, did you follow it with it? Like I, I said. didn't, but I seen your post. That was fun. <laughs> uh. Uh, moving on, we got some uh, goings, pasty. Yes, everybody's going. Nobody's coming because there's no place to come to in a COVID-19 we'll wrestling wasteland. We'll see, but for now... Dave Meltzer is reporting that Rey Mysterio's contract has expired and he has been working on his recent storyline with Seth Rollins without an official WWE contract. Mysterio has been in a months-long feud with Rollins that has also involved his son Dominic, 
who has been an ongoing fixture on WWE television despite not working through the PC or the Performance Center or even NXT. Allegedly, Mysterio had recently asked for a raise. We've heard this story before. And Vince McMahon <laughs> responded by saying it was a pretty bad time to ask for a fucking raise and pointed out that he's firing people. I just gave myself a 30% right. raise last week, pal. It's just not in the budget. <laughs> exactly. It's unclear if Mysterio plans on exploring his options beyond WWE, if he's going to sign a new contract, or if the two sides will continue working on just a, quote, handshake agreement for the time because of the COVID-19 pandemic and all the unstableness that comes with it. Regardless, it is odd if this is true for WWE to give Mysterio such a prominent place on the card without any formal agreement in place. So keep in mind, he may already be under contract and Uncle Davey may have it wrong this time. No. Yet well, I again. haven't got to hit that Meltzer alert Meltzer. button in a while. Oh, you might have to do it, buddy. Feels good. Uh, So, you see, he's doing this supposedly contractless feud with Rollins right now, and he's trying to get his kid a deal. And part of my brain wants to say he ends up not re-signing. WWE has has his son sign, has, has him turn on his dad to join Seth Rollins beats down Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio disappears from WWE Rollins and his squad go forward, but his kid's never good enough. And Rollins keeps putting him down about it. Like, you know, you gotta get better kid something, you know, cause if oh, Mysterio doesn't yeah. stay, they're going to destroy his son in the most grand way possible. Oh, for sure. <laughs> He's never he's never going to make it. Yeah. And having him turn on his father to join Rollins' faction, that that I honestly even if Rey Mysterio does stay, that just makes sense, doesn't it? It does. I I do think Mysterio is going to stay and I think it's mainly for his son Dominic and I don't think that's a bad choice as far as uh professionally, business-wise. Yeah. Uh but it, it, it'll be interesting. Mysterio, I mean, obviously, Mysterio's in-ring best days are behind him. Yeah, quite, quite, quite a far away. He offers a lot behind the stage, and he offers a lot with, I guess, his son. Yeah. Maybe. Oh, I don't and if, know. I, if he stays, I want to see, like, somebody rip the mask off him, and then he wrestles the rest of his career without it. That's that's my other request for if, if anything else happens. Mysterio? Yeah, because his, his kid ain't going to wear a mask, you know what I mean? Oh, so, yeah, like, you seen him without the mask, and he, it was like, yeah, okay. but I don't know. He, he he could do his last little run without the mask. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's just, I don't know. just the thing that goes through my brain, and I have to say it. There you go. Yes. Tuesday, WWE announced the appointment of Christina Salen as Chief Financial Officer, reporting directly to WWE Chairman and CEO Vince McMahon, effective August 3rd, 2020. Frank A. Riddick III had been filling the position of Interim Chief Financial Officer since January. While the company searched for a permanent CFO following the departures of co-presidents, 
George Barrios and Michelle Wilson. They're so famous, I don't forget their name anymore. It's really sad. I know. We've gone over this all <laughs> time and time and time again. I there were nobody who, who now like, we just. I feel like they're, they're part of my with, family. Uh, oh, they're up there with uh, Mark Calloway, Dwayne Seaman Johnson. Seaman Canyon. Yeah. Seaman Canyon. Yeah. Seaman Can- they're up there with Seaman Canyon. That's about as. <laughs> You can't get bigger than Seaman Canyon. Hulk Hogan can't even hold a candle to Seaman Canyon. Or maybe Hulk Hogan, but not Terry Not Malay. Terry. <laughs> We've gone over this in court. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I, love it. I do love it. I'm uh, sorry. WWE is also planning to appoint a permanent chief revenue officer. Salem served as the first CFO of Etsy, where she grew the business from $895 million in gross sales to $3 billion in four years. And we've all seen the prices on Etsy. We know the fuck why. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and executed the company's IPO offering. Yeah. Um. I, I mean, just want to know about she, the IPA offering, really. That's that's what I'm interested in any time I join a company. She, uh, the IPO offering? IPA. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Oh, that's even better. <laughs> right. I want to know what your India Pale Ale is. <laughs> um, she obviously, I mean, she knows how to sell things. It it show it shows you where WWE's mind is. It, it, you look at you look at WWE and you look at AEW, and obviously they're the two best to compare. And they just hired Etsy's chief financial officer to run their chief revenue officer. You know, yeah. to, I mean it's it's the same position, but she's the one that's making money for the company. She's the one selling the company. It's Etsy. Yeah. <laughs> and you look at you look over at AEW and it's sports branded. And it just shows you that they're two completely different companies. Now I'm not saying one's wrong or right, but I'm saying there is a clear difference on the business proposal side of it. All I got to say is with the the CFO of Etsy, you got to expect the WWE network price is going to increase in the next three years a couple of times. (laughs) Uh, And you might have to, you might have to knit some shit just to fucking get it. Yeah. You might have to learn to knit to, to watch the WWE network (laughs) because Etsy has a lot of knitting, a lot of hot glue gunning. Um, a lot of crafty shit. You gotta be. We're gonna see a hell in a cell made from uh, made from toothpicks and hot glue. Pipe cleaners. <laughs> Some pipe cleaners up Decorative in there. Decorative rock. <laughs> oh, forget the glitter. <laughs> Woo. Okay. Um. I think we're moving on. Yes. Major League Wrestling has granted the release of Save El Sabah. He tweeted on July 4th of all days, I have asked for and have been given my release from MLW. Happy Independence Day. Sabah signed with MLW in 2018 and joined in justice with Myron Reed and Jordan Oliver. Al Sabah reportedly left MLW over 
Chief Operating Officer Jared St. Laurent, 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 sorry, I screwed that name up three times. Officer Jared St. Laurent's, thank you, relationship with Team Vision Dojo. Now, Team Vision Dojo is a Florida-based wrestling school ran by Jason Rance, who is a legally registered sex offender. So, understandably why he'd want to separate himself. And I wish and I hope that MLW will separate themselves from this whole... This whole Team Vision dojo. I, I hope they fucking do. Because if they don't, it's a big black eye on their whole promotion. Yeah, definitely. Uh, now's the time to take a stand. And they should have definitely took that stand before they lost talent over it. Yeah. And it's and one thing to be a... him his release. You know what I mean? So they're like, yeah, we're okay with that sex offender. Yeah, it's one thing to be accused of something, but when you've actually had to register, that means you've gone through a trial and everything. That's not saying you're guilty, but that's saying you have been found guilty by a trial of your peers. What's what's, what's MLW going to do if the rest of Injustice walks? Because I could see that to follow suit. Maybe they all request it at the same time. Uh, Injustice is a huge part of their brand. I, I hope they just... I hope they're just smart enough. I hope Court Bauer is smart enough to just distance himself from this shit because it's yes. it's a no brainer and it's stupid. Very much so. Mm. According to PW Insider, Bully Ray is reportedly done with Ring of Honor as his contract with the promotion expired on April first. The two sides had planned out and agreed upon his exit, as he was originally expected to say through Supercard of Honor over WrestleMania 36 weekend to close out his story with Maria Manic. Obviously, that along with numerous other shows were canceled due to COVID-19. The report continued that there's no heat between Ray and Ring of Honor, but rather just a realization that he'd done all he could do there at the time. He debuted back in early 2017 at Manhattan Mayhem 6 and was on, an on-screen character as well as a backstage coach for their women's division until January of this year when Jonathan Gresham replaced him. That is a, uh, that's a, that's a great mind that's going to be missed over in Ring of Honor. It is, but at the same time, just last week we were talking about a potential Aces and Eights reboot and that would be totally incomplete without Bully Ray, right? That that could be. I mean, that's aces and eights is what got Bully Ray into single stardom. Yeah. Say what you want to about TNA. Say what you want to about the aces and eights storyline, which, by the way, I think is one of the greatest storylines in pro wrestling, and many people disagree with me, and fuck you, I guess. But that created... Bully Ray, the single star. It's the reason he himself by himself is a household name for most wrestling fans these days. Yeah, Devon Dudley is is not Bully Ray Dudley. No. So um, I, I could definitely see him moving to Impact. Impact is Impact has seen what's happened in the wrestling world, and they're they seem to be making like backstage moves, like they're saving money. They're making backstage moves. They're 
they're doing these things so that they can, like... I feel like they're waiting until the pandemic's over and they're just going to fucking pop or something. They're so smart. Canadians are geniuses. And they know that AEW has a, has a huge chance, or at least a solid chance, of crumbling under its own weight in the next handful of years. They want to be ready to get that leg up to climb back to being WWE's main rival. It's it's crazy, but it's uh, I mean I mean Bully Ray Bully Ray will do great anywhere he goes. Yeah, you know if he he could go to WWE, be a backstage talent that might be the best thing not for him. Him do Bully Ray there because Bully Ray with their be a oh. star thing, it could play off of it so well, and he could lose a lot, and that would just it would work. For sure, they they really just because it wasn't their creation. Yeah. They gave up on making money. Uh-huh. Literally. Well, just like Broken Matt or Woken Matt, they they could have ran with that as far as Matt wanted to, and they, they gave him one shot. Vince is like, nobody's going to like this, and then people liked it. He's like, oh, I guess they liked it. We're still done. Yeah. Uh, it's sad. It is. It, it pains me. But uh, good ups for Bully Ray. Um. You know, Ring of Honor hasn't been doing all that much lately anyway, so move on. No, if if he can move, I mean, if he can move to WWE, AEW, or Impact in that order, he's going to be doing better for himself. Yeah. So, Dude, uh, we Bully hope... Ray in AEW with FTR. Ooh. Ooh. I guess they've been tag teaming with uh, the Young Bucks. At least the last week. Yeah, I think he he would be a good mouthpiece for them because they could use a mouthpiece. Uh-huh. They're not the best talkers. Um, they're they're they have the problem. Uh, they have the problem where they're good when they interview, like in a shoot interview, and then they're okay when they interview on TV. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It just it just it just doesn't line up, and so they could definitely use Bully Ray to be a mouthpiece. He would suit even them if he's to nothing else. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's one thing I want to see with with AEW. Like WWE brings back old wrestlers to have another match. I want to see AEW bring back some of our favorite wrestlers from the Attitude Era to manage, and not compete. But well, to, yeah, and, to raise them to that higher level that they can't be if they're wrestlers. You know what I mean? Well, if you remember back in the day, that's what WWE did when they were WWF. They brought in classy Freddie Blassie. They yeah. brought in Bobby the Brain Heaton. They brought in Sonny Ono. They brought in Lou Albano. These were all former wrestlers who had made a big name for themselves on the independents. And as soon as they made themselves the nationwide, they show, brought show. them in. There, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Captain Lou Albano, Forever Mario. <laughs> uh, um, Pasty, former Evolved Tag Team Champion James J.D. Drake, has taken to Twitter to announce that he is a, officially a free agent. Promotions including MLW and Black Label... Pro have responded to this news by replying to his tweet, possibly showing Black Label Pro is owned by Hormel Black Label. It's not. That would be cool, though. That would be awesome. That needs to be a wrestling promotion. 
JD has had fantastic matches against the likes of Eddie Kingston, the Street Profits, and Joy Janela, Walter, even Keith Lee, who is now a yeah. double champion. Double champion. And he would be a good fit for any promotion. So here's seeing him soon in one of the big nationally televised promotions. Yes. I mean, it's Evolve. They're WWE now. This could be a big work. Could be an NXT deal. Yes. Hey, he'd be a good first one to make that kind of, you know, that reality a thing. You tie it all together. Oh, for sure. Uh-huh. Holy shit, Fat Mac. Holy shit. BPJ. Brian Pillman Jr. made his AEW debut this week on AEW Dark. What? What? Against Sean Spears. What? Pillman has appeared for AEW once before, other than a crowd shot on last year's Fighter Fest, of course. Of course. At last year's Double or Nothing. Not last year's, last week's Fighter Fest. Yes. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) Uh, he wasn't at last year. He was, he was in Double or Nothing's Casino Battle Royal. He was. Yes. <laughs> it has been confirmed by ProWrestling.net that Pillman is in fact still un- under contract with MLW. Pillman signed his MLW deal before AEW was launched last year. This means that due to the terms of that contract, he is allowed to work with, for AEW in addition to MLW. MLW has first dibs to book him whenever there and whenever there are conflicting dates in the future, MLW will get the rights to him. Although MLW is currently not holding any shows or matches doing due to the coronavirus pandemic, Pillman is said to not be the only superstar working under one of these contracts. So is that a loophole just because the contract was signed before AEW was a thing, so they didn't state AEW in the contract? So that's just like, oh, I can work there. I don't know if that's what it is or if it's just where they said you can't work for another company other than WWE. That's my guess. Yeah. Like they said, you can't work for WWE. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. That That's my guess. Uh, I, I don't know. It is vaguely worded. and um, Man, Speaking of matches I want to see Jungle Boy have, Jungle Boy BPJ would be real fun. Yeah, actually, that would be really good. They, their styles contrast enough, but they complement really each other good. enough. Oh, hell yeah. No, this guy's the well, limit. He's him. one that it's... I've been waiting for him to come over to AEW. Well, and it's good that he can find work right now while they're shut down. You know yes. what I mean? Like he can still make money and find work. That's, that's good. We like that. That's, that's a positive. That's what everybody wants right now. And, uh, moving on to people who can't work pasty. We're moving yeah. into the, uh, injury report. Yes. And according to the new Japan, both Yoshihashi and yo, have recently sustained injuries after some recent matches. Which is probably why Show's fighting one-on-one. That's 100% why he's fighting (laughs) one-on-one. Yoshihashi hurt his right knee, and Yo ended up injuring his left knee. So they should just trade knees and one man should sit out. I think that would work. (laughs) 
legs are a little bit different men. size. He's kind of lopsided in there. <laughs> Somebody said that both men will be able to compete, will not be able to compete in Osaka Joha on July 11th and 12th. There is no current timetable for either to return to action. Knee injury can keep you out for quite a while. We hope the swiftest recovery, but yeah, knee injuries are scary. At the same time, I hope for the rise of show. Go show, no yo. <laughs> we got to make that shirt. <laughs> go show, no yo. <laughs> and then we got to somehow go to Japan. I think we should do it. All right. <laughs> Conan reportedly lost his mother a couple of weeks back due to issues related to COVID-19, according to Dave Meltzer on the latest Wrestling Observer Radio. Conan personally disclosed this news to Dave this week. Conan apparently didn't reveal the news of his mother's passing to many people except those close to him. Uh, And that's why the news is just now getting out. Well, happy belated R.I.P., Mama Conan. Yeah, that's sad. It's it's horrible that anybody loses their life during this pandemic. And um but it's news, it's sad. We hope Conan and his family are dealing with it the uh best they can. Yes. Uh another mother that passed away and not due to COVID related issues, but we just felt, you know, moms are dying. We should put it in here. Uh, Evelyn Edwards, who is the mother of former WWE CEO Linda McMahon, passed away. Evelyn worked at the Cherry Point Military Base in Havelock, North Carolina, where Vince McMahon's mother also worked. That led to Vince and Linda meeting when they were just teenagers. So it's, it's possible like in a in a back to the future sort of way we might not have WWE the way we know it today if it weren't for this woman Evelyn Edwards. That's crazy. What's more crazy is 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 Linda McMahon's mom was still alive until just recently and Vince's mom is still alive and you think he's not sapping the energy of his performers for immortality? Test it on their moms first, right? Not the dads, because the dads can fight for your power, but the moms. Remember, Vince's mom sexually assaulted him when he was young. Don't forget that. Jesus. (sighs) Boy, is that where we end the fucking show? That is. That's just a mental cliff for you to all to hang on just for a little while. Unfathomable. Those are, those are some old people. <laughs> There's some old people, and they're fucking dying. Uh, There's old wanna... people. There's a pandemic, and old people are dying. Yes. Wow. How the oh. fuck did that happen? But it's not COVID-related, though. What is COVID-related for, you know, Conan's mom? Yes. So don't say it's not COVID-related. Man, how old was she? Conan's not a spring chicken, either. Uh, she was 76. No, I'm okay. Yeah, okay. 83? Are you just saying numbers now? Uh, 92. How old do you want her to be? I don't know. Vince well, you McMahon's tell me the number. Mom is 100 years old, by the way. 
Oh, yeah. She was she's born in 1920. With, uh, she's up there with uh, C. Montgomery Burns. Mm-hmm. Charles Montgomery Burns and her, they went to uh, they went to prom together, I believe. I wouldn't doubt it. I, Vince is the son of Montgomery Burns. What do you... And he infiltrated into <laughs> Vince McMahon Sr.'s business. He, let's be there. honest. If there was a real life Charles Montgomery Burns, it's Vince fucking McMahon. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, yeah. Wow, did we stumble upon something in Pacey that we didn't mean to? <laughs> like, it, so. <laughs> goddamn. Uh, what happened? <sighs> With that being said, uh, before we get um, raided by ICE, I suppose we should cut this short, Pasty. Yeah, yeah, I think we should. It's been a good show, another short one for you folks, but enjoy that because I'm sure it's going to be snapping back this time next week as we have one pay-per-view review and two sets of predictions one including another WWE pay-per-view. I'm pretty sure neither one of us are going to watch. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be can't miss podcasting, folks. Uh, but yeah, for B-Sticks Podcast, Cloud Style Broadcasting, my name is Pasty. And I'm And we'll see you next week, Jack. <laughs>